CNBC's Comic Book Workshop, brought to you by our amazing supporters on Patreon. I'm Jason Hammonds, a writer who also draws. And I'm Kent Heidelman, an artist who also writes. We're both making comics while still figuring out how to make comics. After digging through long boxes, libraries, and the internet, then defeating the ghosts of the man and the king in a game of wits for their precious knowledge on making comics, we thought it might be a good idea to share our notes and hopefully help you make your own comics as well. Before we get started, we wanted to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Now let's get on with the show. I'm an American comic book uh, writer and artist, uh, mostly known for doing covers. I've uh, been around in comics for about 30 years, and uh, I've been doing covers mostly because that's all people offered me. <laughs> and uh, now I'm getting back into doing interiors. Yeah, uh, I was going to say, so I was at a, a panel of yours once where you were just doing, it was just you drawing and kind of talking to the audience while, while you were uh, drafting out some stuff and using some Copex. Uh, you mentioned that uh, as, as a... Uh, a cover artist uh, for comics and less sequentials that you're more like uh, the general in World War II in Paris uh, while the, the troops uh, were out in the field and the, the men died well today. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> wow, it's one of my favorite films. Uh, uh, he's talking about uh, Paths of Glory by Stanley Kubrick. Uh, the, uh, uh, the men died wonderfully. you gotta do it, You got to do it in the George McCready voice. There you go. Uh, the, uh, yeah, and I didn't mean that in an, in an overlord sort of way. I meant it like, you know, as a cover artist, it's pretty cushy. Life is all champagne and polished boots. And the people that do interior art are the real heroes down in the trenches exactly and for some reason uh, i must have been hit and hit by a, a, a weird bullet bitten by a strange bug i decided no i want to go down back i want to go back to the trenches yeah i was gonna the, so that was uh my first question i wanted to ask you was what what drove you to get back in the field and into the <laughs> in the front line uh I, I was getting for some reason uh I don't know. I wanted to tell stories, and you know, I've gotten a lot of practice at telling a single story with one image, rather, you know, a single image story. Where the you know cover is how much can you condense the fat down into everything is just in this this one shot, and yeah. the audience or the viewer can can you know figure out what's what led to that moment, and they can in their minds imagine what the what the aftermath is. And I just found myself going, ah, I miss, I miss the whole drawing, the setup, the payoff. Uh, and uh, in 2015, Archie Comics approached me and said, hey, would you like to be part of our Betty and Veronica relaunch? And I said, doing what? You know, I expected them to say covers, but they could have said janitor. You know, who, <laughs> who knows? And I surprised them by saying I'd like to write and draw it. Because I figure if nobody's going to offer me stuff, then I can sit there and be a at least a 399 pound gorilla and if you let me put my foot in the door i'll go well i'd like to actually direct uh so uh surprised they were but they let me in and they let me write and draw it and i think after people saw that it became much easier for people to imagine me as an interior artist that led to hellboy Krampusnacht, last year's christmas special oh awesome <clears throat> now i am getting interior offers left and right that is amazing. I, I was super excited when I heard it. I got it as a birthday gift uh, from my friends, and we were all big fans of yours. Uh, and when I opened it up, I'm like, oh, cool, he's, he's doing uh, covers. And like, oh, he's writing it, too. And I'm like, awesome. And I turn over, I'm like, oh, he's doing art? Sequentials? This is amazing. What's it like when you're going to sequentials? Obviously, I've seen you do crazy rendered stuff. Um, I love the more flat coloring that you did uh, in Betty and Veronica. What's the... What are the boundaries that you have to set up mentally as an artist when you're doing it all, especially because I know you love to go to that high level? Yes. No, uh, that, that, that is a genuine problem. Somebody yeah. needs to come and smack the paintbrush out of your hand. Because <laughs> uh, several years ago, I did a two-page story for Batman Superman 75. It was a double-page spread, but it was a 12-panel sequence of Supergirl and Batgirl. And it's, it's a lovely little sequence. I'm, I'm, gosh, I'm proud of it. Yeah. But it's 12 little covers. And... <laughs> It took me forever to do. It took me about a better part of a month to do two pages. And while Jack Kirby's 
body spins in his grave at the idea of taking a month <laughs> to pencil ink and color two pages. It's like, no, no, I did 12 covers in 28 days because I just over-rendered it. I just went, I went too much to town on it. So, yes, there, there, there is a limit. You have to sit there and say, I can't, I can't go near cover quality because you can't have one panel like that. Yeah, uh, it throws you, it off. Yeah, it's, so you have to sit there and you, you, you pick your battles. And on projects like um, Betty and Veronica, which I didn't color, but I assisted in the colors. I mean, uh, Jose Villarubi and I did the colors together. We worked, we talked. I colored Hellboy, um, uh, Krampus Knocked. I colored my, my Captain America story for Captain America 701. And I colored my uh, Man of Steel number five pages. And there's a couple places in Man of Steel where I did not prioritize my time correctly. And a couple of the pages were a little under-rendered for the rest of the stuff, which I'm going to correct for the trade paperback. DC's being very kind about that. Going back. Uh, Yeah, I have to go back and pull a George Lucas and put a job at the hut somewhere. (laughs) Uh, But... Yeah, you have to pay attention to that, and you have to sit there and go, how far do I render this face? How many levels of um, of tone? How many, you know, it's like, is it? Is, am I going to put three on every... If you put three on one face, you got to put three on all the faces. You really yeah. have to go... If I'm going to put a rim light on Supergirl's hair, well, every character on that, in that sequence has to have a rim light on their hair. So you do have to really apportion your time correctly. I mean, it's the same on a cover. Uh, you know, if somebody calls me up and says, hey, could you please draw the 1970s Legion of Superheroes? And if I go, sure, when do you want it? And they go, can we have it in a week? You go, you're going to get stick figures because I have to, you know, I, you have to apportion the same amount of time to every character, more or less. Yeah. Um, so there is there is that something to factor in, and that was nothing I was told about when I first got into comics. Well, uh, you seem to have mastered it now. Uh, it's it's taken several decades, but you seem to I, have... I, I've mastered faking it. Uh, once, I, <laughs> once I've mastered actually mastering it, then you'll know. Oh yes, let let the crowd know I'm 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 pointing at people, going <laughs> yes, you and you and you. You laughed at me, but I'll show you. Uh, I've I, I'm on my way to a better understanding of it. But uh, yeah, I feel like I've got a a, a a a much better handle on storytelling and the the the, the strange the strange things that you have. Like I thought it just used to be you all you had to draw six images and they had to make sense. It's like oh no no no. No, no, there's so much more. There's so much more going on. And, um, uh, you know, I'm getting ready. Uh, when I get home, I'm going to be doing um, a 20-page Fantastic Four story Ooh. for a comic. Uh, okay. And uh, uh, you'll know more about it once, like, you know, announcements are made. But I'm allowed to say that I am doing the FF. Dan Slott is writing. He's the new, you know, it's the new book. Uh, oh, my God. I'm and, a fan already. And... You know, it's going to be different than the Cap stuff. It's going to be different than Betty and Veronica. Well, it's going to be just like Betty and Veronica. What am I kidding? Uh, that sounds great. No, I'm joking. <laughs> uh, the, I'd read that. Uh, <laughs> I, somebody asked me why, like, you, you know, you went from Betty and Veronica, you know, which is like an all-ages teen-friendly book to, like, Hellboy, which is a horror comic. And I said, I said, the reason why I wanted to do that was I really just want to go to conventions and people advertise me as Adam... Hellboy, Betty, and Veronica Hughes, as if there's a comic that's Hellboy, Betty, and Veronica. Because crossover, I would t- oh boy, would I draw that comic. <laughs> Hellboy comes to Riverdale. I would, I would, I would. Oh, the horrors I would unleash on those two two sweet kids. Uh, but no, uh, working on the FF, and uh, you know, I've, I've actually had to turn down two or three things. Interior things. Like, I'm actually getting more interior offers than cover offers these days. Uh, The only regular cover gig I have right now is I'm doing the variant covers for uh, Bendis' new Superman book. So it's like, okay, one cover a month, and then the rest is all just storytelling. Sequentials. That's amazing. Well, as a longtime fan, I am super stoked to see you back at the Sequentials, although your covers are outstanding. So it's it's bittersweet because I'm... there's always something I'm like, mm, I want more of that. It's the greedy fan in me. Well, there will, there will, there will always be more of both. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, so two quick last questions. Uh, where can the good people find you online? Where? Uh, like uh, justsayah.com? Oh, you mean, you mean on the internet? Yeah, on the internet, uh, yeah. On the internet, on the, the, on the fabulous computer you hold in your hand. <laughs> yes, www.justsayah is our website. Uh, I also post on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, uh, you know, usually just art-related stuff. I, I, I leave the 
the, the misery to other better tweeters than me. Uh, and uh, yeah, those are the places you can find me. What's the what's the handle for Instagram? Instagram is uh, Adam Hughes A T O M H U E S. That's a play on words. Adam Hughes Adam Hughes. <laughs> I thought it was super clever, you know. I, but I, uh, I got uh, it instantly. It's it, it's made cashing checks very hard. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, I was a little bit dumb when I named my company Adam Hughes, uh, and uh, it's I think it's A H underscore Adam Hughes spelled normally on Twitter. Gotcha. Uh, and then our very last question we ask all our creators is, why do you love comics? Why do I love comics? Uh, gosh, I don't know. I, I don't remember a time before loving comics. Actually, I do. Actually, I do. Because uh, I remember when I got my first box of comics. They were hand-me-downs from Cousins. Um, uh, Fantastic 481 was my first comic. My second was Tales of Suspense 66. And I remember when I got my first Spider-Man comic... And you know, this is like I was like five years old, six years old when this happened. And I remember thinking, oh, my favorite cartoon character has a comic book? Because to me, Spider-Man was yeah. just the 1967 Ralph Bakshi, you know, uh, uh, Spider-Man cartoon. I didn't realize that like Superman and Batman and, and, and all my favorite superheroes actually had comics. They all existed to me as cartoon characters before comic book characters. That's so interesting. Um, but, I mean, ever since then, I, you know, comics is one of the, the few places where, you know, one person can still claim sole authorship of a story. It's like being an author, but with pictures. Uh, it's a unique art form. You know, people, most people would say, oh, it's the bastard halfway child between writing and, say, cinema or, or, or painting or illustration. But it's, there's things you can do in comics that you can't do in other storytelling forms. And, um, you know, I, I just love the idea that you can create worlds out of whole cloth and the budget is, you know, your time and a pencil. Ryan Burke, the uh, writer of Coronary, self-published comic. Welcome to the show, Ryan. Hey, how's it going, lads? Oh, not too bad. Me. Not too bad. We're here at uh, Long Beach Comic Con, and we were struck by your table. First off, the first day we came here, you guys had a chessboard. We that did. You were, you were yes. playing against the convention. Yeah. Uh, how did you guys fare against the convention in that chess game? We got nailed both times. <laughs> we just got destroyed. I don't know how. <laughs> I thought I had an advantage, and yeah. then it just woefully. Uh. The collective, the collective hive mind of Long Beach just really they just all got together yeah. and were like, let's beat this guy. It's and amazing. They did. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. Uh, hearing that accent, I figure you're from like rural Alabama. I, yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm from. <laughs> I'm from the Bible Belt. I'm yeah. just right in there. <laughs> um, well, yeah. Let's talk about, so, because are you local now to LA? Uh, yeah, I just moved here about two months ago. Two months ago. I know. Oh, Welcome. Crap. Did you move out here for creative pursuits, or did yeah. you follow a girl, or what? Uh, I followed a girl. <laughs> there you go. There she is. My, uh, yeah, my wife just started at USC. So oh, we're, we're excited wonderful. to start. That's so a great. That's good. a great school. I want to ask a bunch yeah. of personal questions about that, but I figure this is probably not the forum to ask you about your personal life. <laughs> um, <laughs> Go for it, man. No. Um, well, so that's awesome. Where? Tell me about uh, where Coronary came from. Is this the first comic you ever wrote? Or yeah, this is my kind of debut, essentially. Your debut. Yeah. Oh, if I can use that word. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We're you. getting in on the ground floor. Yeah. So. Um, a couple of years ago, I wrote the entire script for it, a whole 12 issues. Wow. And I was like, all right, that's 60,000 words. Let's go get it published. And, and everyone was like, well, like, give us a little bit more. And I'm like, yeah. all right, fine, fine. Yeah. So we've been slowly kickstarting and, and producing uh, each issue and kind of building Amazing. our base. That's pretty so cool. good. And you yeah. have two issues out right now? Yes, uh, two out. The third is currently in production. A currently so, in production? Hell yeah. Cool. yeah. Is there, uh, do you already have a, another Kickstarter campaign planned, like dates or anything like that? Or is it uh, no wait dates and see? as of yet, but yeah. wait and see. Of course. Uh, so um, tell us about the story of Coronary. So it's, it's how I've been pitching is basically James Bond meets Brave New World. Amazing. <laughs> I love it already. So uh, uh, another part of that is basically plastic surgery becomes free. Okay. Just entirely free for everyone. Amazing. And it's this kind of hard-boiled neo-noir-ish mm. kind of chase thing, yeah, yeah, with a little bit of like society commentary, just like sliced. Yeah, in. you just you just pepper a it. Little, in there. A little mixer for the, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the base. I What's love your it. Chaser. Ooh, I don't know. <laughs> the chaser is dapperness. 
Yes. Go. Come on. We'll take what? it. What? <laughs> I don't know, that's not a word. <laughs> <laughs> it could be. Sound, sounding it like sounds a hotel. nice. Yeah, yeah. I was in. I'll have a dapperness. <laughs> I'll have a, one dapperness coming up, please, sir. <laughs> on the you. rocks, please. On the rocks. <laughs> Shaken, not stirred. Ascension. Uh, yeah. There you go. Uh, so, yeah. so when you're when you're writing the script, I mean, how much prep work did you do before you started in on the script? Oh, uh, I kind of followed the like traditional like three act structure. Mm. So I was like, oh, this is a pretty fairly tried and tested yeah, method, method of storytelling. Of course. Like, if George Lucas can do it, like, <laughs> <laughs> we it's should good be enough right. for you. Yeah, yeah it's fine. good enough. That makes sense. And then it just kind of hammered it into like the twelve issue arc and kind of made it roughly fit. Yeah, yeah. And then I got a little bit like, well, I could just put a cliffhanger in here and there. Like. <laughs> it's yeah, you got to freewheel it sometimes. Yeah, you got to throw narrative structure to the wind sometimes. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> what do they know? What do those people know? Robert McKee, that hack. Um, How much outlining did you do uh, before you started breaking it into single issues? Ooh, uh, that's a good question. I kind of just... I did like the basic, like the scenes I wanted to put in, okay. and then kind of mixed the scenes up as I went. Like I knew there was like beats that I wanted to hit, yeah. So I just put those in, and I was like, "All right, how do we <laughs> how make do we it get work? there?" Yeah, because yeah. comics is is kind of different to a lot of traditional three act structure stuff because you kind of have to serialize, build, yeah, build yeah. into drama and then serialize it and be like, "Guess what happens next?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like of every course. issue. Yeah. Did you so, find? Uh, you were gonna. You were sticking to your page count for every single issue, it's like twenty pages, twenty pages, twenty pages for each one. Because you did twelve, you said. Uh, wrote yeah, twelve. Um, yeah, more or less hit the page count on every one. Nice. But um, had a couple of issues with like the whole left page, right page thing we talked about. So I'm like, oh. oh yeah, <laughs> that, <laughs> that, get, that always terrifies me. Yeah. I know. Uh, like the um the double pages and stuff, trying to script it out perfectly. Yeah, man. Still keeps me up at night, even though I feel I've got it handled. <laughs> it does. I mean, yeah. it's, that's it's sometimes the the hardest thing to forget. Like I always have to go through. I do page by page outlines, and I always have to go through and I'll like put a star next to the page that's a right hand page, yeah. just so I know, you know. And so I'm be like, okay, if I'm doing a double page spread, then it's got to be these two. I can't. It's like weird. And I know, like some people are just like, oh, it's the odd and even numbers. I'm like, well, yeah, but that's too easy. I have to make it. No, more yeah, that's yeah. way too. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I can't keep track of what numbers odd. That and doesn't even. work well for me. And I, even though I know that I'm like odd and even, I switch them always, and I'm like, uh, uh, that's right, right. Yeah, I screwed yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I, I never went to any form of school, so I just don't. I don't know uh. what numbers are, honestly. Oh, you know what just, numbers are? No yeah. numbers. No numbers. Oh, fair enough. I, I was just them. raised in the woods as well. I just like <laughs> crawled out. Yeah, in the woods of Alabama. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, well, so when you're when you're writing the script, do you do panel like sort of panel by panel breakdowns, or is it more like a page uh, by page? Uh, to some degree, I kind of wanted to stick to. When I was doing it, I kind of did like in general like four panel descriptions every page. Okay, just to kind of give it something nice and gen- like general. I wanted it to be like grid. Yeah, yeah, of course. And then the artist got to me and was like, "Yeah, no, yeah, don't do that. Yeah, please, <laughs> please stop. Like, yeah, once every now and then, yeah, but like, please. Yeah, we don't want that many grids. I don't want her to fall asleep <laughs> while doing. I'm really into the number four. Make it Just exciting. It. Yeah. yeah, so I kind of did it more. Uh, I don't know. Kind of left it a little bit more freeform. Like Hell I kind yeah. of uh, gave like the dialogue and like the I gave like a rough description of the scene and things mm. and like would allow the artist to switch things up how we wanted to switch them up to make some cool like layouts yeah yeah how did, how did you go about uh, finding your artist uh, this is probably going to age me quite a bit but uh, I found <laughs> I found MySpace MySpace it's actually DeviantArt oh there you so, go okay like, yeah just a generation past MySpace <laughs> <laughs> it's I don't funny. know what it is now Tumblr or yeah I, I, I think uh, Behance is starting to, to really uh, take off for people man DeviantArt since dying days know, really. yeah. although it's funny though in this convention I think we've had three people now talk about finding an artist on DeviantArt that nice. shocked us. Yeah, yeah we're like, like we're still, still people, are, people are still on there. Yeah, still not going. Only you, yeah. <laughs> so you you're uh, you're on the front. Yeah, you're on yes. the cutting the edge. The cusp. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, well, that's cool. It's so so, cool. so you have twelve issues planned out. Yeah. Um, obviously, you you found uh, an art an art team that kind of works in tandem. You were talking about, and yeah. uh, I guess not on Mike, but mm. you have an. Uh, Neither one of them is necessarily like an artist or color. Don't they? You said they were yeah. like kind of working together a yeah. lot. So um, when I was initially doing it uh, with the first five pages as a kind of like a pitch packet, mm-hmm. uh, it was one guy doing everything. Okay. Like from lining, inking, coloring, lettering. Got it. Like the whole thing. Yeah. It was really good, but it was like a page took like two weeks. Yeah. Come on, guys. <laughs> like it, it takes some time. Yeah. And uh, when I was beginning to do the first Kickstarter, 
he was like, yeah, this is great and everything, but this is going to take like six months. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> so he uh, said that his friend uh, Damien is really good at it, really good at coloring and show me some samples and stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And they live right close to each other, so oh, I imagine okay. they have like a buddy cop relationship. I yeah, don't know. yeah, <laughs> they, they, they just come over to the other one's house. And like, hey, like, what's up? Yeah, there's like a Kramer entrance from Seinfeld. <laughs> like, eh, and then everyone claps and they live in front of a studio audience. It's really weird. It's like yeah, yeah, that's how they do it. Yeah. Uh, that's how all artists live. Like I think that? so. I'm pretty yeah. sure, yeah. There's a studio audience Definitely. every time I go into Ken's yeah. house. So. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Because the room's <laughs> missing. <laughs> he only has three walls in every room of his house. Yeah, really that's cool. But um, yeah, those two are based out in Argentina. Okay. And it's just over email and over Google Hangouts. It's really Interesting. interesting yeah i uh, always wanted to entertain the idea that like joel was actually like a sentient hive of bees <laughs> like, like he was just yeah. like this collective just like some sort of hive mind section of insects just doing this one wouldn't that be incredible though you discover like yeah it literally has been like a a, a bug or like something non-human that's just been doing this this whole time yeah. or like it, this is how terminator takes over you know like yeah. skynet's just been writing or illustrating all the comics <laughs> I can take over the world, but I want to make comics, so <laughs> yeah, that's fuck yeah. my dreams. It's yeah. better, it's better. That would be nice. Yeah, if right. I just did that for a change. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's essentially how it's how it's been up to this point. It's just kind of kickstarting a issue and like slowly building up our base it's and amazing. stuff. It's been pretty cool, yeah. As you're uh, as you're putting these twelve issues together, are you um, still kind of like getting in touch with publishers and being like, hey, like here's you know where we're at. This is kind of what I'm doing. Yeah. Like trying to, to keep that mm. connection, or what, what are you kind of doing? Uh, I'm kind of always trying to keep that in the back of my mind while I'm doing it yeah because it's always I, I know it's like indie comics but indie comics kind of has a stigma of being a little bit like amateurish yeah, maybe yeah. a little bit like sketchy and I want to like nip that in the bud completely yeah you don't like, want it to everything is full color <laughs> yeah. full bleed like we're doing it <laughs> yeah we're, this is published the same way that you'll find any yeah exactly yeah. I want to like uh, meet if not exceed some of the standards of like image and vertigo and all that of course yeah just keep it real yeah you want you want the ryan burke brand to exude quality exactly (laughs) so um, i'm kind of pitched uh, building up enough until i can get like a trade paperback nice so i'm thinking if it's 12 issues that would be three or four trade paperbacks 12 issues yeah it could be it could be either one depending on your yeah Yeah. Yeah. because it's weird. I have to do lots of like maths in my head. Like, oh, yeah, no. they do a trade of five issues, but it's twenty-two each. And I yeah, like twenty-six yeah. each. Yeah, I feel like three would be like a nice number. And then it's yeah. like also like a nice three-act structure thing too. Ooh, where you're like, yeah. Ooh, Ooh. Oh, point. Uh, this man can divide by four. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can. Yes. I, 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 despite the no school, I can divide by four, but it's the only number That's I can divide by. That's pretty good. That's yeah. pretty good. <laughs> 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 um, so, um, yeah, yeah, I've always got images in my head of like a really nice like paper. Really nice hardback or something, Ooh, you know? Yeah, yeah. Totally oh, you can hardback. just like whack on a coffee table. Yeah, exactly. Put it right next to a writer. Like, yeah, yeah. It says right there. Yeah, right at the top, in big letters. Are you are you planning on like putting Ryan Burke writer in huge letters, then coronary, and then like in very small letters the artist names? Yeah, yeah. yeah that makes sense. That's how writers <laughs> typically do it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, li- I like to pretend I'm not like I'm on the top. <laughs> Every time it's like, oh yeah, just make sure. I'm top left, all right. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. Let's 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 be real here. Let's, let's, even though they do like an absolute ton of work, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to discredit spend them. Spend way more time on every page than any writer would. Um, yeah, <laughs> like, I just write a sentence like, "There's an explosion," and he has to spend like three days working out how to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, uh. What's the so what for you? What's been the biggest um, learning curve of this whole process, whether it be the writing part or the actual like publishing and, and getting into a part? What what was the thing that presented the biggest challenge for you? Um, maybe just simple things like marketing and just mm. getting yourself out there and building a base. Yeah, like of that's a lot more difficult than you actually think it is. Yeah, because I thought it would just be like, oh, I'll just turn up. I got a comic. People like comics. Yeah, yeah. But you've kind of actually like got to build and chat to people and like. Uh, make a solid foundation moving forward so like people are actually interested when it comes out rather yeah, yeah. than just being like oh whatever yeah. <laughs> absolutely so it's pretty cool yeah yeah. What, that's been tough for me yeah oh I'm sure what mm. what methods have you been using to kind of market the comic um, mainly just Twitter just, Twitter just kind of following things like yeah not just, it sounds Part- very basic <laughs> participating in conversations and, yeah, and, yeah there's um, like uh, weekly chats and stuff with comic writers and artists oh, cool. and stuff that you can kind of like weigh in on interesting and, like, swap and stuff I yeah. actually didn't know that yeah any any yeah. big like recommendation is there like a hashtag or like a thing Ooh. that goes on every week that uh, was, you feel like uh, I think it was like uh, comic artists unite I believe was a really big one interesting and that's how every Sunday I'm probably wrong look at that. Right. there's Either definitely one. some like 
w weekly uh, yeah. hashtags out there. We can chat with other people. That Interesting. The same thing. That's really cool. I, d I had no idea about that. Yeah, that's, I didn't know. Maybe that's why people like Twitter so much. I haven't been able to yeah. figure it out. Yeah, I'm maybe like, must have been like, why is Twitter such a thing yeah. for comics, for non-writers? Writers, yeah. obviously, a lot easier. Yeah, I'm always like, I'm on Twitter and I'll see really cool like conversations happen, but yeah. it's always with like big creators. You know, it's like always Tom King talking to fucking yeah. Scott Snyder or something. I'm like, well, yeah, of course, anyone's gonna be interested. Yeah. in that. Like <laughs> comics. But I'm like, yeah, why are why is everyone loving Twitter so much? But that but, um, that's cracking yeah. the shell a little bit. And, and what's cool is you can like meet people that are in the similar position in the process that you are. Yeah. So you can be like, all right, how do we do this? <laughs> yeah. Like I'm having trouble with this and that they'll help you out and then you can help them out. It's a whole nice back scratching. Yeah, system. absolutely. <laughs> it's, that's exactly what this podcast is for is, is mm -hmm. uh, we're two people creating our own comics, trying to help other people create their own comics. Trying to create well, a so hybrid so. comics animal back scratching of thousands yeah. of people we, we almost called it the comic book back scratch but it wasn't quite as uh, it wasn't quite as catchy although that honestly that might be a better title oh well the back scratch yeah the back scratch <laughs> boom easy done uh, anyway um, well I mean the, the comic's amazing what where's like uh, if, if people want to go and, and you know buy a copy order it obviously I think it's on you said it was on comicsology yes um it. So that's yeah, for, for the international uh, audience yeah. or anyone who's not uh, super close or within delivery range or anything like that, yeah. they can go on Comixology. Um, yeah, all the digitals are on Comixology and on yeah. Amazon as well. Oh, look at that. It's this website coming out recently. I don't know. Yeah, some, yeah. It's some Bezos startup. guy. Yeah. Some like, little on the startup cusp. thing. Yeah. On the cusp. Yeah. <laughs> Sell textbooks. Um, <laughs> awesome. And then, yeah. and then is there like a website uh, that people can go to? Uh, uh, other than my Facebook page, there you go. That, that's about Facebook it. That's page. a nice little. And what's your Facebook page? Uh, that is Coronary Comic. Facebook slash Coronary Comic. Hell yeah! Liv is giving me that look. Like yeah, he he got it. He and nailed it. How about for the for the Ryan Burke brand? Where can people go to, to Ooh, find you personally? That is at uh, Ryan Burke Writer for both Instagram and look Twitter. That. Nice. Yeah. And if you're wondering how to spell Burke, it's right in the title of this episode. Mm. So that's very easy for very people nice. to find. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the last question that we ask anyone who is uh, on our show is, why do you love comics? Well, because it's because uh, it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah! Like, it, I feel it's just kind of uh, without to sound too like highfalutin. Like it's fairly utilitarian and fairly like um, open to most people. It's not like, oh, you haven't read volume six of yeah, yeah. this novel. Oh, you haven't read five hundred pages of blah blah blah. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of like, oh, you have like four bucks. Cool. Like, yeah, come and join the party. Like, yeah, yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> the water's like, fine. Hell yeah. Yeah, exactly. There's 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 no gatekeeping in comics, or at least there shouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, we'll we'll, uh, we'll end on that note. But uh, I mean, Coronary, make sure you check it out, everybody. Follow Ryan. Check out all the stuff that he's going to be doing because it'll be a lot of wonderful things. Yeah. Uh, and go to Facebook.com/slash Coronary Comic. You said it yep. was. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining the show, Ryan. Kent, have you heard of the Eisners? I have. Uh, Will Eisner, he writes comics, and uh, yeah, he's a great guy. And he's still alive. And he's still alive. He's still alive. And you want to know what Will Eisner has heard of twice? What? Panel by Panel Magazine. Oh, my God. He's heard of it twice, Kent. And both times he went, you know what? I'm going to nominate that for my award. That's the voice of Will Eisner himself. Yeah, he's here live in the studio. Mm -hmm. And he, he read Panel by Panel Magazine, and he went, boy, howdy, this is the greatest, greatest periodical journalism I've ever seen about comics specifically and the craft of making them. He wasn't, he, he's not very well spoken these days. He's less literate than he once was, less articulate. That's a, that's a lot of good praise coming from Mr. From Will such a legend from, from a legend that also wrote his own uh, how-to. He wrote a lot of stuff, and so, and so for his praise, I mean, phew, you know, he, he knows what he's talking about, and uh, so can you. For only $2.50 per issue, you can go to panelxpanel.com and pick up some of the greatest collection of insight into the comic book medium that there has ever been in this lovely world. It's a digital exclusive magazine edited by Hassan Otsman Elhow from Strip Panel Naked fame. You don't want to miss this. You're an aspiring cartoonist. You're a writer slash artist. You're a, you're a colorist. You're a letterer. Doesn't matter what you are. If you want to make comics, you better get in on Panel by Panel magazine. So go to panelxpanel.com and start reading today. I'm going to tag on there for a second. Think of all the places that you go to that you want to be studying comics and mm -hmm. having it as a PDF on your phone. Right? It's, it's incredible. I, I right? Legitimately, I read just about every issue on my phone. 
and i how, how would you say the experience is on your phone it's great it's honestly great like i read it on a very large tv computer monitor <laughs> it's the ridiculous your size setup's large and i'm like oh wow i think this would actually be really good also small tablet yeah. phone size and so I, i'm like oh wow for travel for yeah. your job for whatever job you're doing you've got a, a break that you can take a little lunchy i legitimately i i will download it onto my phone and then i will just read it in snippets throughout the day like the bulk is on my lunch break but there's usually you know 10 minutes here and there where i'm at work and not doing anything and i'll just you know read another couple pages of an article oh that's an interesting thought and then go back to my job you know instead of doing that thing that we all do which is Oh, I'm only going to do this little thing for 30 seconds. I'm yeah. going to just look at this little article. Look at this little picture of this little yeah. kitty. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then suddenly, oh, there went that day. Yeah. But maybe... Maybe, uh, maybe be a little productive in your goals there. You, you, know? you know that you want to be making comics. You know it. We know it. We, we all know it. know it. Will Eisner knows it. <laughs> this is Will Eisner, and I can see into your soul. I know your deepest desires. You better pursue them, says Will Eisner himself. I'm nominating you to get on your goals. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> so go check out Panel by Panel magazine. There's two of them. Will Eisner's now in this house. It's double Eisner's for double the fun. For twice the nominations. <laughs> Kent, I hear <laughs> Will Eisner told me you've got a comic to promote. Uh, he was right. He telepathically read my mind, and oh he my uh, discovered that I have a free comic called Scary and Scream Forth. It's gold! Thanks, Will. It's a, it's a young adult series. It's for kids. It's for adults of any size. I don't care. Don't adults know. of any size. It's yeah. for five foot six adults. It's for six foot four adults. Whatever size you come in, whatever... <laughs> you don't want to know what size I come in. You're going there, and that's great. Um... You can check out Scariest to Scream Forth at scariestoscreamforth.com. Uh, it's a spooky, cute little mystery. It's uh, oh, about yeah. three kid monsters in a monster town trying to solve a, you heard it, a mystery. A mystery. Yeah. A, a mystery. mystery. Yeah. So go check it out. It's it's fun. It's I little, love it. A little uh, Monsters, Inc. meets Stranger Things. Yeah. But not Scooby-Doo, because fuck Scooby-Doo. Yeah, Don't you dare bring up Scooby-Doo no in this pop, house. There's no uh, crossover there. No. no no, relation. I love Scariest and Scream Force legitimately. It is, it is a, it's a great comic, and I, I'm still enraptured by the, the, the mystery of, of, of mm-hmm. the scariest. Mm-hmm. Go on. Go on. Don't let me stop you. I'm, <laughs> but I'm going to stop you right Look, there. Thanks for, thanks, for, uh, thanks for plugging me. Absolutely. No, it's, it, it is a good single issue. I, I, I truly do want to know uh, who scared... Who scared bup, bup, who? Bup, 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 bup. We'll leave it right there. Don't want to tease you too much. Who scared who? That's well, all I said. Who said that anyone was scared of anything? The scariest. Yeah, the screen for <laughs> Jason, I'm not the only one here with a free comic, and it's it's not both of these Will Eisners here. It's, it's, not, not, the, either it's, not, one, Eisner, it's not either one of these Eisner It's Eisner's not the Eisner twins. It's, it's not Will and Bill Eisner. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's me, and I am boat hard about this comic. Uh, it is it is called Boat Hard. It stars Eyepatch McForce. Uh, this comic, if you if you love the cheesiest action movies in the world, then hopefully this 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 is on your level. Uh, it, it's it's a have lot. You, have you ever wanted to die hard on a boat <laughs> with all the force that you can muster? Then you should read Boat Hard, starring Eyepatch McForce. You better patch up those eyes first. <laughs> You're gonna go blind from the brilliance. That is, oh, yeah. that is Boat Hard. It is the most intellectual comic you'll ever read in your life. <laughs> I think it's safe to say that there is no other comic in the world that delves into the depths of the human condition quite like this one. Um, if, you're, if you're in the mood to, to sit back and put your pinky out with a nice cup of Earl Grey and, and, and ponder the, the, the day's headlines. The depths of the universe. Before you write your thesis essay paper and put on your bow tie and publish your journal of science uh then this is this is right up your alley you'll uh <laughs> you'll head on over to instagram.com slash jason halftones uh and you can start reading boat hard starring eyepatch mcforce today it's a four-page mini comic about a uh morally ambiguous character with a questionable backstory uh maybe maybe there will be more details on that soon later at some point in the future, there will be more details on his story, or maybe there won't be. That's why it's ambiguous. Ambiguous, you say? Roar! Howdy, this is Bill Eisner, and it's time to get back to the show. (laughs) 
So if you want to talk about work-life balance, yes. there isn't one. There, it doesn't <laughs> seem like it for lawyers. Uh, we are here with David M. Boer, writer of uh, Vault Comics' is Powerless. Um, do you what other com- do you have any other comics right now? Or is that it? I do. I have another uh, comic with uh, Vault, and it's called Alien Bounty Hunter. Alien Bounty Hunter is yeah. that out right now? It's out, and it's actually out in trade. So the first five issues that came out are actually uh, collected in a trade that's in uh, bookstores everywhere. Amazing, that's amazing. amazing. Yeah. Is Vault now? And this is just a random question, uh, and feel free to just not answer it if you're uncomfortable. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, is Vault Comics are they creator owned or is it totally work for hire no it's creator owned oh yeah yeah really What's- so alien bounty hunter was a little unique because um it was created by steve levinson who mm. did ballers and entourage and shooter i think and um mark Wahlberg was part of that oh. creation process and they came to vault you ever heard of mark Wahlberg? uh I- an indie comics creator right yeah 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 he's like from look him up on instagram from- i think he's got some <laughs> i think he's got some followers um no, I tease, but they uh, they came to Vault with the idea of Alien Bounty Hunter, and then Vault came to me to uh, and asked me to uh, if I wanted to co-write and become Mark Wahlberg also. Yes, and Kill also just and literally skin as a suit. Wear his and skin as a suit. Be that in was his next li- music album. <laughs> Is that literally what you were going to say? I mean, those were the first two clauses in the contract: wear his skin <laughs> as a suit and be in a music video. <laughs> He does. Hey, if you're listening at home and you don't know what David Boer looks like, he looks exactly like Mark Wahlberg. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> a lot more gray hair. A lot more gray hair. That's just the disguise, though. Um, yeah, so, so they came to uh, Vaults with this idea and this concept, and they asked me to co-write it. And so we developed it into a comic book series that started coming out, I think, last year and was collected this year in the volume. And it uh, debuted at San Diego Comic-Con 2018. Wow. Wow. And so, so for Vault to approach you, how, I mean, how did they, they know you already? Like, what, had you done some stuff before that they had read or what? So this goes back to the very earliest days of Vault. Okay. So they... Um, back in the Vault, if you will. In the Vault, if yeah. you will. Yeah. How very clever. Yeah. Um, so uh, they were a creator. They weren't even really an imprint for comics. They did a lot of graphic novels and more on the... Um, I don't know how to put it. I guess artistic side, the more, the more um, full graphic novel. That's how it comes out in the market type thing. And it was the Wassel brothers. It was Damien and Adrian, and they separately came up with this idea of starting a creator-owned imprint called Vault. And um, while they were thinking about this, I ended up pitching Powerless to them as a book because I just loved who they were and what they were doing. Yeah. And it sort of hit at exactly the right time where they were thinking about doing this. And they liked the idea. They brought me on. We started developing it. And so by the first wave of Vault comics that came out, the first six, my book Powerless was was part of that. And so in the process of developing that, Alien Bounty Hunter came through the door. And they asked me at that point to uh, come on and help co-write. Look at you. David Bohr just winning over publishing brothers left and right. Just changing the game. Making a creator own. Yeah. So charming, such little talent, <laughs> but so much charm. It's just ridiculous. That's the comic tip of the day: have oh. all the charm and no talent. Yeah, I mean, they, they do say what, what is it? You can have uh, two of three things. It's like either you're a good guy, uh, a great talent, or you're really quick. Well, so I'm assuming you're not very quick. Well, I can tell you now that you really only need one of those things. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I say the, con- the content kidding. of Powerless I really like. So so all whatever the whatever the the self-deprecation here don't take him seriously. He's very good. Um, I can't look you in the eye while I compliment your work. It just does, it feels weird. It's very you can't see this but it's very awkward. It's very <laughs> There's awkward. A lot of tension here. Yeah, no, it doesn't help that I'm not wearing pants. Um, so you, we talked about on a recent episode we talked about uh, some uh, basically balancing a work uh, you know, like a day job with also creating comics. Um, we were talking about the posts that both Jeff Lemire and Charles Soule made about, you know, obviously Charles Soule, lawyer, much like yourself. Uh, Jeff Lemire, he was a line cook for years and years. Um, and talking about being able to keep up that consistent um, rate of working while also actually paying the bills with the other thing. Uh, what is your method to solving that problem? Oh, I just live as a pauper. I don't make any money. I Sleep on couches, like no. Makes sense. Um, We're coming to you from I, CouchCon 2018. CouchCon 2018, <laughs> man, it's uh, location TBD. TBD, oh. <laughs> that's good. Um, Every day it's TBD. No, so I actually am a lawyer. Okay. As my day job, and I work um, for. It allows me to sort of balance um, day job with writing comics. Mm-hmm. So I work 
um, during the day and then come home at night and just write in the evenings. I'll take full weekends, mm. Saturday and Sunday, just have full days blocked out to be able to write. Sometimes I find it's more helpful to have a good, like, six hours to sit down and, and yeah. knock something out than, you know, an hour here, an hour there. Mm. Uh, so it really is balancing just the free time, whatever free time I can squeeze out of my mm. life yeah. with writing, with having a day job. And honestly, there's been a lot. And there's been a lot recently on Twitter and in the news about creators having day jobs. Yeah. And it's absolutely yeah. a necessity for almost everybody who's working as a creator to have a day job and to pay your bills. Totally. So I fully support that. I've been doing that. I started writing probably 11 or 12 years ago. Mm. Yeah. And so, you know what they say in Hollywood, it's like you write for 10 years and you're an overnight sensation. Yeah, yeah. Um, yep. So I've been doing it for a long time, and it, it can be done, and it has to be done in almost every scenario yeah, yeah. just to make to be successful. It, it does seem like, I mean, with everybody who... I mean, every, every story that I've heard about breaking into comics, you know, outside of, like, the very few rare, you know, exceptions is, yeah, it's somebody who spent a decade on something, you know, a decade trying to break into the industry, trying to get something done, and then suddenly, finally, something goes through the hoop, and then five years later, they're an overnight success. You know, like, it's it's... It's interesting, and I think it's like some people... I don't know why people still have this perception of comics, but it seems like some people still think as soon as they get their first job that, like, boom, done, like, get, you know, cash the check, let's let's move into a new house and uh, quit our day job. But um, it is interesting, I mean, looking at the percentage of creators that have that have day jobs, and I mean, it's... it's yeah, you're right, it's, it's a total necessity. Do you... When you're writing, do you have any goals that you kind of set for yourself? Like, when you sit down to write... Is there anything that you're going, I'm not going to get back up until blank happens or anything like that? Or do you kind of take it as it comes? Um, well, I I don't sit down with goals every okay. time I sit down to write. I have, you know, we all have deadlines. So I know what I need to get out. And so I know so if I need to uh, get a draft of a script out, mm. I will just work as long as I need to to get that out. But I don't sit down, I guess, with a ne necessarily with a specific goal of getting this number of pages done or this this many words or that sort of thing. It's just more dictated about what I need to. I, I'm balancing, you know, different projects. So it's whatever I need to get done at that moment is what I need to do and get it out and move on to the next thing. Of course. That makes sense. Are you, are you more of the um, Stephen King or Robert McKee school of either starting with the end in mind and having it all mapped out or are you more of a, like, kind of have up to the middle mapped out and then sort of see where it goes? I, I kind of, I, I don't know. I guess <laughs> I don't really do any of those things necessarily. Okay. It's, believe it or not, it's really funny to say, but I almost always start a story with a title. Interesting. Titles to me are so, so, so important yeah. to tell you what the story's about, to give you some sense of it. And it's, it's important as much for the story as it is for, like, down the road when you're marketing a story, when you're marketing a comic book. Um, what what message can you send to the reader right from the cover? And, of course, you're going to have the cover image, but what's the title going to tell um, everybody about yeah. your book? So I almost always come up with a title first, okay. which then gets my brain spinning about what this could be, what kind of story and what characters could populate this. Mm -hmm. And then it spins out from there, and oftentimes I'll do a like a rough outline. Okay. So I kind of have an idea of where things are going, mm -hmm. but I don't get too much in the weeds as far as comics. I'll do maybe a paragraph per issue. Okay. Say, so this is the big thing that I want to happen. This is the big thing. And one of the things doing this I've really learned is you can have those big things mm -hmm. and then let the creative process during the scripting process, yeah. let the creative part of you come out. So... Don't bog yourself down with so many details in each issue mm. that you don't have the opportunity to, uh, to break out what you thought was going to be one page yeah. into three plate pages ending with a full page spread yeah. or something like that. Give yourself, I always give myself time for my characters to actually have a moment in every scene. And it's really hard to do that when you're trying to force those scenes into single pages, two pages, yeah, that yeah. sort of thing. Of course. You know, it's hard with, you know, 20 page single issues, 24 page single issues. Mm -hmm. So if, if when I'm planning the story process mm. at the first step, I just don't shove too much into what's happening in each issue. Yeah, that makes sense. Do you, so do you work at all when you start scripting? Are there, 
are there kind of like things that you feel like you need to have done before you sit down to just type a script or is it more is, is the script fairly early on in your process and then you revise from there um, so, uh, I guess it depends on the, the story or okay. the, the job yeah because sometimes you have to I have to get approval of the synopsis I have to get approval of the breakdown the beat sheet that sort of thing um, if it's just me I'll, I'll outline the, the story itself and then I find when I do the scripting I'll go back and do some revisions and that sort of thing. But the most recent thing I'm working on that hasn't been announced yet, the scripts that are coming out of the process that I'm collaborating with the artist very closely on are almost um, the end product of what the art looks like on the page. So we have such a clear idea of what this story is, what this character is, and where it's going. That's great. That the pages in the script that come out are not, are, are pretty close to what, ends up being the final product. That's awesome. Is this process the same for all the comics you do as far as the scripting goes? Uh, for your scripts, are you doing the, you telling them like, oh, panel one, panel two, panel three, or how do you do your scripts? I actually, I, I use Word. Yep, me too. A yeah. lot of people me, use me Final Draft, I and I can't, I can't, yeah, exactly. I hate it. I, I, I use Final Draft for screenplays, you know, but like, it's not, it's not the, the same to me at all. Like, there's, I don't, yeah, I can't use Final Draft. <laughs> I can't. Uh, yeah, so I've, I've I've tried and it's it's hard. So yeah. I use a Word document and I say page one, panel one, mm-hmm. description, um, dialogue. Nice. Panel two, description, dialogue. Now, of course, that that all is all contingent on how if you have an artist, mm-hmm. if you do have an artist, how close do you work with that artist? How well you know that artist? Yeah. Um, there it was at an interesting moment when I was showing scripts to somebody of a project that I'm working with an artist on very right. closely. Okay. <laughs> and, which is really interesting because the editor really liked the scripts because the th- I would say, I would put little messages in the scripts mm-hmm. to the artist yeah. by name. I love that stuff. Yeah, it's great. And it so the personal. artist... Con- conversation. It's exactly that. That's yep. a conversation between me and the artist. And the editor said, I thought that was so cool to see that you guys are working together so closely that you, you're actually, it's like a dialogue between the two of you yeah. as to how these pages lay out. I mean, it, it can be some, something as simple as, I, I wrote this in a script. I wrote, artist, you know, you know what I'm talking about, or you know what to do here. <laughs> so I described it, and then in parentheses said, yeah. you know what to do here. And then Jim Lee said, oh, sweet, yeah. <laughs> Jim, he's such a good guy. He's such, he's such a, a team player. Yeah, yeah, of course. No, yeah, but um, <laughs> it's not Jim Lee, just That's to clarify. <laughs> um, but my artist was very good about it, so I was able to put in these little messages for him mm-hmm. since we're on the same wavelength. Yeah. And that's very different from a project where I would I wrote the scripts, and then they would be handed off to an artist. Yeah. Shopping it around or sending it to a publisher or something. Hey, awesome. Jim, you got this. Who yeah. are you talking to? <laughs> <laughs> Who is Jim? <laughs> Although that would be kind of fun, though, just like to hand in a script that's talking to an artist with a very specific name. You know that doesn't exist at all. Like, or you change the name throughout. Like every single artist note has a different guy. Like, all right, Frank. So on this one, we want to do, and then the next one's like, okay, Gary. Like th- this page, we're gonna. Anyway, that's yeah, that's a fun crazy. thing that I'm gonna do someday. <laughs> um, maybe if it's when I'm writing a script for myself, I'll do that. I'll just like change the name every once in a while, just so I think it's multiple fun. personality coming out. There we go. Each page <laughs> is a different artist. Um, so when you're when you're looking for artists to, to team up with on your um, on your books. Is there an approach that you have or, uh, you know, places that you go or is it all over the place? I mean, what, what's the approach to finding an artist for you? Instagram. Instagram? That one word, Instagram. <laughs> um, so what I'll say before I uh, sort of tell you how I find artists yeah. is if you are an artist and you're listening to this podcast right now, <laughs> if you're on Twitter, you should be on Twitter because comics is a major part of Twitter. Yes. Or, um, I should say Twitter is a major, major part, part of, of comics. comics. Yeah. yeah, Twitter would be nowhere <laughs> no, for for the comics nothing, industry. Nothing, nothing. Screw um, it, David. Twitter. No, your pinned tweet. Please put in art in your pinned tweet, because when I see somebody, uh, an artist on Twitter, and I'm looking for an artist, Andy. I will go to the their um, Twitter feed. Yeah. And I sometimes I have to scroll down, you know, pages mm-hmm. to find actual art I'm by this you. artist. Yep. It's like whatever it is, whatever yeah. the newest thing is, just put it in your twi- your pin tweets, and then I the, the writers, editors, everybody can see it right away. That's a real sneaky good tip. That's 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 a that's what we come to David Bohr for is the sneaky oh. good tips. I've also heard put your email every like make sure yeah. it's clear. Yeah, that makes sense. editors say that. Yeah, 
email they or like portfolio. People will talk to you, not yeah, necessarily yeah. through Twitter. Yeah, that's good. That's a good. That's a good piece. Of but it's just you know, so many occasions I've had where I've looked at an artist and I and I think the artist is really great or, or there's a lot of potential. Yeah. And I'll look at their Twitter feed and it's there's it's, it's just like, them talking about Trump. Or they retweet other people's art. I had that one one time. Uh. Where, which is fine. Please retweet other people's course, art. Do yeah. it. But then Do you think it's stuff. their art, and you're like, oh, shit, this and is And it's not even that I, th- I, I, I thought it was their art, but not because they represented it that way. Yeah. It was just like that was the first art that popped up on their Twitter. So yeah, I was like, oh, yeah. that looks great. Let me message them. Yeah. And they had to tell me, well, that was actually somebody else. I was, you know, which That's is fine. Be an awkward it's fine. It's not. I mean, it's fine because it's not like they were representing it yeah, as their own art. It was my mistake. But yeah. if you put your own art in your pin tweet, that's. Fantastic. That's great. So Instagram is where I really go. Befriend artists. Mm. Tell them how much you love. That's what I do. I tell them how much I love their art. See that stuff out there. And then um, after sort of being friends with them on social media and interacting with them, I might then approach them if something comes up Mm. that I think might be a good fit. Yeah, of course. And that's what I did for the last project. I did um, a really terrific artist who I loved, loved, loved his stuff. Mm. And we've tried two on two different things to collaborate, and both Doesn't things, work. for some reason, took a right turn, and we went elsewhere. Yeah. Um, but now, since we've been friends, we're going to develop something together. That's great. And that's awesome. That's the other thing I love about um, I've done books where I've written, this, created it myself, mm. and got an artist on board. Did Alien Bounty Hunter, where um, was brought the concept and developed it and brought yeah, yeah. an artist on board. The newest thing... I collaborated with an artist, oh, and so great. he crafted the story together, Yeah, and it's so rewarding. It feels symbiotic. It feels like a thing that comes from both of you. Absolutely, and the story that we make during yeah. this process would be is better than the story that I might do on my own, he yeah. might do on yeah. his own. So you're together. saying it's better than Powerless, and it's better than Alien Bounty Hunter, and <laughs> I mean, I'll let books people I'll, just throw in the can. <laughs> just kidding. It's, it is. It is. <laughs> no, I'll let everybody judge that in 2019. There but. we go. That makes sense. Uh, what what part of 2019? What's that? Can, what part of 2019 is this coming out? Can people like sit and monitor your Twitter feed? Uh, in a certain I mean, month? <laughs> uh, some people say it's middle to late 2019, <laughs> okay. but I don't know. You don't know. I got it. But that's it's what it's other people tw- say. <laughs> I don't know. It's all me. rumors. You know that some people say. Yeah, some people yeah. say. Some exactly. people. Some people are dicks. Um, always saying <laughs> stuff. You know. I don't say that, but some people say they are. Some uh, people say your comic's great. It's <laughs> true. Um, I don't say that, but some people. Do. I'm not saying that. Is this? Uh, I'm assuming there's there's no information you can you can tease or hint on that. I unfortunately project. cannot divulge oh, anything. Man. It's something we've been working on for a long time. Mm. Um, something that we just got some very good news about in the last week. Look at you. And if you follow me on Twitter or Instagram. You might be able to draw some conclusions from that, tease boy. but I'm not going to say. A little, little tease boy. I like that. <laughs> there's, a, there's a publisher attached, I'm assuming? Um, Maybe. That, that, <laughs> I mean, some people say there That's might be thing. some good news in that front, but well, I good. can't say it. Got it. Um, well, awesome. What, uh, is it, obviously, because, you know, I mean, being a lawyer is pretty demanding. You say you have weekends and everything like that, but it sounds like there's probably a limit to how many comics you'd be able to do at one time because of your job and all that stuff. Uh, do you think, like, do you feel like there's a happy balance for you, like a number of comics that you would put out per month that would be appropriate for you or a, a point where it would get too much? I mean, I, I, I don't know. It's more about picking the projects that come through the mm-hmm. door. Mm-hmm. So I also um, do screenwriting and TV writing on the side of course. as well as comics. So it's like, it's a rich... You don't sleep. It's a no sleep... It's a rich tapestry. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's more about picking the projects. So at this point, I feel like I've gotten to the stage where a, uh, somebody might contact me about something, and I have to make the assessment. Not only do I have the time to do this, but is this something that, for the limited time I have, is it something I should be spending that time on? Yeah, of course. And a lot of times it is. Sometimes it isn't. So I just have to make that assessment that I know roughly how much time this is going to take, for the precious free time I have to write, is this going to be worth spending X amount of time on that? Freaking love it. Thank you so love much for running the show. Where can people find you online? Um, I am on Twitter at, at David Boer and on Instagram at, at David M. Boer. Ah. And, I th- and my website is davidboer.com. Nice. 
Well, if you're wondering how it's spelled, you can look in the title of this episode and you'll find it out. So there we go. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you to Adam Hughes, Ryan Burke, and David Boer for their time. Uh, these interviews were pre-recorded, uh, in case you couldn't tell by some of the the sort of like timely references in all of them. Uh, but we thank them all for their time anyway. Uh, just make sure you go and check out all of their new stuff. Uh, they plug their social media uh, in their interviews. And so make sure you follow all three of them because they've got awesome stuff coming out. Uh, uh, Ryan Burke has the Kickstarter for uh, Coronary coming uh, for issue four uh, coming in September. So make sure you go to Ryan Burke Writer on Twitter to find that. Uh, Adam Hughes on Twitter is AH underscore Adam. Hughes. Uh, he's always got amazing covers and things uh, that are just lighting up the shelves in comic book stores. Uh, and speaking of lighting up the shelves in comic book stores, David Boer, uh, you could hear he was talking uh, very excitedly about uh, a, a new project that he had uh, potentially had a publisher for, maybe? Well, that project uh, is actually out on shelves now and sold out of its first issue. Uh, it is called Canto. It is from IDW, who we love over here at the workshop. Uh, it is an incredible comic. Make sure you go and uh, order your uh, copy of the second printing as well as the second issue and so on. Uh, David, you can find at David Boer. Uh, awesome awesome stuff i i loved this episode um it was a beast to put together uh i i really like having three different interviews on one episode and i think each one of them was uh incredibly insightful you got three very unique perspectives on the industry uh and on comics in general um so make sure you go support those creators and and everything that they're doing uh and again one more time thank you so much uh to all three of you for the interview and for your time uh, I also want to thank our patrons. Uh, you have all been keeping this ship afloat as we've been putting together season two. Um, and so I'm excited for all of you to finally listen to it and uh, uh, hear what we've been putting together for, for this whole time. Uh, thank you to Melody Mew. Thank you to Kevin Anthony Catalan. Catalan. Kevin, you told us that we were both pronouncing your name correctly, but we've definitely pronounced it like five or six different ways. So like... Send us, like, on Patreon, send us, like, a, a, a frenetic pronunciation guide to your name so I can finally nail it without getting confused. Uh, thank you also to Colby Keith, to Sharks with Jobs Comics Group, to Jordan Southoff, and to Pat Scott. Your support all uh, really, really helps this show move. Um, and thank you to all the $1 patrons that, uh, that are there as well. Um, anyone who wants to support the show, you can go over to patreon.com and you will get exclusive episodes of our Patreon show uh, called The Break Room, which is just Kent and I kind of BSing, talking about stuff we're working on, uh, wide-ranging topics. Um, and you can also get early access to episodes like this one you're listening to right now, uh, in addition to some other uh, kind of exclusive content, uh, some really early interviews that we've put up there, um, and things like sketch cards and other benefits. Um, so make sure you head on over there. Uh, we'd like to thank Sean Rosner for uh, his music on the show. Uh, you can check out his album, Burn Away, Defy the Night. Um, and uh, you can check him on social media. I think he recently changed his username, but Kent is not here to uh, provide me with that. So I guess we're just going to have to hit that next time. But Sean, thank you so much. Everyone, uh, just give Sean Rosner a Google uh, to check out his stuff. Um, you can check out our show at TMBC Workshop on every social media network. Uh, you can find me at Jason Halftones. You can find Kent at Kent Heidelman. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, and now it is time for David Boer to tell us why he loves comics. So, full disclosure, I came to comics about... I was not a comics kid. Great. I came to comics about 12, 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, started going to San Diego Comic-Con and really started getting into it. So I got to see this sort of renaissance of indie comics. Yeah. And writing for TV, writing for film... Mm-hmm. Um, and writing prose, so I started out actually writing novels. Comics, to me, is the perfect medium to mix words and pictures, and it sounds kind of cliche to say that, of course. but I, I get to sort of do a little art directing, I get to do a little directing, and a little writing, and collaborating with the artist. Casting. Casting, for sure. I mean, you don't have to worry about if anybody's available, yeah. or if they're attached to something else, or how much it's going to cost. Yeah. And comics are such it, it, there's there's such low barriers to entry now mm-hmm. that 
I love comics because it gives everybody a voice, yeah. and it gave me a voice, and that's where I first found success as a writer. And that's always, comics is always going to be special to me because of that, because of the story you can tell and the opportunity that it's given me to continue to tell these stories that I can't really hold inside. Might be cool.com. You never know.